Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Brussling Unlimited. As it's Friday, and that means we're here with another edition of the Wrestling Wrap Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. As far as today's show does go, we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, sixteen, fifteen, sixteen stories we're going to talk about. We got a number of different things that are quick hit stories that are not really going to last long at all. So, yeah, we got a lot of short stuff. A couple things we're going to elaborate and talk about. And we're also going to preview the big weekend coming up as well because there's an Impact show. There is a WWE show. There's a second WWE show. There's an AEW show. Uh, got to double check the date, but Super Juniors finals might be this weekend as well. A lot going on. But as far as what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about how WWE wants younger talent on Raw and SmackDown. Is Vince in Saudi Arabia? Who is being rumored to be in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match? An update on Mercedes Monet's injury. People might be missing Forbidden Door and so much more. Because again, this is the wrestling wrap-up every Monday and Friday morning right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Whether you watch that live or later, we can watch live on Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. You can watch live and listen later on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games. And one of those free games that you can get right now is Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3D. Super fun game. Very, very fun. Remember, you also get free stuff for games. And you also get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And remember, it doesn't have to just be your Amazon Prime account. It could be anybody's Amazon Prime account. Whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle. Anybody's. Anybody, anybody, anybody's. Also, remember, you can head over to YouTube and support us over there by becoming a channel member. Just hit the join button down below. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Been going over to the Epic Game Store to buy something like a new game, pre-ordering Alan Wake 2, getting into Star Trek, Star Trek Resurgence. Maybe you want to play Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Use this code right here, code PWUnlimited at checkout. You'll be supporting us at no extra cost. Hell, claiming the free game, which right now is Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition. That game is great. That game is fan freaking tastic. Well, use this code right here, PWUnlimited. Trying to get WWE skins for Fall Guys because they added Macho Man Randy Savage, Bianca Belair, Mankind, and Rey Mysterio. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED for all your Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. But as far as the news does go, Oh, also, 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 if you want to get your question, comment, or concern read live on the air, you can do so by donating a super chat in the live chat on YouTube or even going over to pwunlimited.co forward slash mailbag. You can support your, you can submit your questions there as well. As far as the first news story we have to talk about, it was like WWE wants to put a, as, Dave Meltzer wrote, big internal focus on getting younger talent on Raw and SmackDown. Now, this news does come from Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And Ian Carey on F4W Online actually has a really good write-up about this story stating the following. WWE is hoping to, is hoping to feature younger wrestlers on Raw and SmackDown. Currently, many of the company's top stars range from the mid-30s to the late-40s. Of those include, of those, 
scheduled to wrestle at Night of Champions. Only Rhea Ripley is under the age of 30. Five wrestlers over the age of 40, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, Asuka, Natalia, and Trish Stratus, will all be on the show. Uh, Dave Meltzer put in Friday's Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the focus on featuring more young talent on its main roster is something they want to do moving forward. Meltzer wrote the following. Excuse me. There's a big internal focus right now to get younger aged talent on Raw and SmackDown. Now, some of WWE's younger talent include Austin Theory, age 25, Rhea Ripley, age 26, Dominic Mysterio, age 26, Mansoor, age 27, Tegan Knox, age 28, Omos, age 29, Sonya Deville, age 29, and Bad Bunny, age 29. So Sokoa, well, he actually just turned 30. Now, Dave didn't say that it's got to be under 30, but you would think younger ta- talent, which would probably be 30 and younger. And not younger in the form of, oh, they haven't been here for a while, younger age range. Like, you got guys that never been on the main roster, like a Cameron Grimes who just got brought up. You got newer people to this company, and it's like, okay, well, we're not talking about younger as far as, like, fan base don't know him yet. Younger in age. You know, we uh, speaking of Cameron Grimes, he's only 29. Pretty deadly are 28 and 26, Alba Fire, 30 and 29, or Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, and Zoe Stark is 29, Indy Hartwell is 26, and Odyssey Jones is 29. Also, a lot of younger people in NXT, not quite yet ready for the main roster. Some maybe. Tiffany Stratton, you can argue, might be. I think she needs a little more time in development. Roxanne Perez is. She's under 30. I think she's maybe like 21. How old's Roxanne Perez? Roxanne Roxanne, you turn on a red light. 21. She's only 21. So I thought. So it's like you've got a good bit of roster members, talent, wrestlers, people you can bring up and feature over the next couple of years in that mid 30s or mid 20s age range, if not even younger with some of them. So that isn't a focus that WWE wants right now. Younger wrestlers on the actual, um, main roster because they want to hit that younger demo. They want to hit that. Yes. 18 to 49 demo is the prime demo, but there's also that. Oh, what is it? Um, hold on. There's also an even younger demo than that. It is the 18 to 34 demo that they're really trying to get into. Cause I know everyone always talks about 18 to 49, 18 to 49, But word is that some advertisers are now looking to go younger, are now looking at, well, what about 18 to 34? WWE is going to try and capitalize on that. Now, speaking of younger talent, probably one of the younger talent that they push the most is Austin Theory. I mean, you've got Rhea Ripley and stuff around the same age as well, but Austin Theory is a multi-time U.S. champion. Wrestled John Cena at WrestleMania. Had the Vince McMahon rub. And it looks like big things are coming for Austin Theory. 2023 has been a great year for the current U.S. champion, Austin Theory. Theory defeated John Cena at WrestleMania 39 and since won a triple threat at Backlash to retain the title. According to Twitter user Boozer666, he does report the following. Theory has a big story coming ahead. Could be at SummerSlam, maybe a title loss, and then moving on from there. Now, Theory was recently drafted from Raw to SmackDown and has worked with the likes of Edge and Rey Mysterio recently. So, not 100% sure where this could be going as far as a bigger story for Austin Theory. He can't hold that U.S. title forever, but maybe he gets something bigger. I'm not saying he's going to beat Roman or anything, but maybe... Something bigger in the form of he loses the U.S. title, but then wrestles a bigger name than he's been wrestling at SummerSlam or something. And I mean, you're going to say, well, what's bigger than John Cena, Roman Reigns, but he's not going to fight Roman. We'll see where this all leads to. It was very vague in the reporting here, but again, it does state, quote, Theory has a big story coming ahead. Good. Be a SummerSlam title loss and moving moving on from that. Now, we talk about Austin Theory being on the main roster. Vince McMahon's name comes up a lot. Vince kind of saw 
Austin Theory as his next big project, his next chosen one at one point. And then Vince went away. Theory started to do things on his own, and then Vince came back, but not on screen or anything. And now the big question is, could Vince be in Saudi this weekend? Could Vince be at Night of Champions? And Mike Johnson over a PW Insider does write the following. For those who have vast, Vince McMahon is not in Saudi Arabia for tomorrow's WWE Night of Champions event. We were told that there was an office set up for him in the event he was making the trip, but he's not expected to be there. Paul Levesque will be heading up the show. Kevin Dunn is also on location in Saudi Arabia for the event. As we saw this morning, there was a press conference that featured Michael Cole and Byron Saxton as like the hosts. Triple H was there. Cody Rhodes was there. Um, Gunter and Imperium. Mustafa Ali, Roman Reigns, Solo, and Heyman, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, no Seth Rollins, surprisingly. And then there was a pre-taped video with comments from uh, Bianca Belair, but she wasn't actually on the stage live. Asuka wasn't on the stage live either. Asuka did do some stuff in front of the crowd last night on the stage, though. Her and AJ Styles did go out there and um, get interviewed in front of the live crowd. As If you guys haven't seen it, and I'm going to play this right now. They're running like a big-ass festival, basically, in Saudi Arabia. Like, no joke. This thing looks awesome. Better than any WrestleMania access I've ever seen. But I'm going to pull this up on the screen really fast. Let me grab the Twitter video here. Um, uh, This is crazy. Like, this is very awesome. All right, we're going to play this minute, two-minute video. Pop this over on the screen. Make sure the sound's playing, and here we go. You got the entrance in, and this is all right outside the Jetta Superdome where the show is taking place. That's from inside the building. Haven't seen, well, we've seen the one photo of canopy thing over the ring. But look at all the stuff they've got here. Like it's like a little, yeah, it's like access. They got stuff that they've done to access before. Look at this, like kick the can, kick the cans, like kick the soccer ball into the cans and knock them over. What kind of what kind of stuff is that at a wrestling event? And then you have, which I think is coming up here. Look at this one, jumping off a two-story ledge. Ooh, boom! And for some reason, the audio's not playing. But when um, they were jumping off the ledge, Cody Rhodes' music was playing in the background. And you hear everyone just yell, whoa! So this one is Roman's music is playing. And these kids, or I don't know if they're kids, they look like kids, got to walk down to the ring with the music playing and the Tron and the lights and everything. It was really cool. We've seen that at past um, WrestleMania accesses before. This is the big stage we saw for the press conference this morning. Just more of the stuff. And then Asuka comes out on stage. She got interviewed, took pictures with fans as well. AJ Styles did come out next. As you see here, AJ got interviewed on the stage. So very cool to see some of the things they are doing in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Triple H says this is the best-selling Saudi Arabia show that they've ever had thus far. That's dating back all the way to, what, 2018 when they first started going to Saudi Arabia. So... Very cool for WWE here. Now bring one of them festival-style events here to the States. Do that for a WrestleMania. Now when we talk about Night of Champions and the press conference this morning, we do have to talk about Cody Rhodes. WWE and Michael Cole, more specifically, hammered in that Cody is hurt. That it has been confirmed. Cody Rhodes has a broken arm. Michael Cole said it. Multiple, multiple times. A storyline injury update on Cody Rhodes' condition was given at the Night of Champions press conference in Saudi Arabia Friday morning. It was claimed that Cody Rhodes does, in fact, have a broken arm as Cody was seen sporting a sling before coming out with a sling, giving his comments and this and that. Then, Michael Cole looks at Triple H at the very end of Cody's segment and goes, So you are the one that is basically in charge of 
of the well, looking after the well-being of our talent, our superstars, our WWE roster. And I know you would do the same, but why are you allowing Cody to go out there with a broken arm and fight Brock? Triple H gives the non-answer of, well, Cody wants to fight. Brock wants to fight. So I'm just going to let him fight. Basically telling us that if we don't sanction this match, if this match isn't allowed, they're just going to fight somehow anyways, broken arm or not. What I thought would have been cool and a nice little added bit to the story was Triple H get asked that question and then goes, well, you you have a point there, Michael Cole. And that's why WWE, this is what, what Triple H should have said. And that's why WWE doesn't want to be liable. We've already told Cody he's hurt. We've already suggested to Cody he shouldn't wrestle and he's adamant to fight. So we want Cody to sign this whole harmless agreement to where if anything more happens to him in the match with Brock Lesnar, WWE is not liable. I thought that would have been a good twist also to add to the storyline. They didn't do that, at least not yet. So we'll see where this all goes. But Brock and Cody will be taking place tomorrow. It's still billed as a fight. So I don't know exactly what that means. But as we speak of Cody Rhodes, apparently there's a bigger plan for Cody Rhodes that may actually involve Roman Reigns. WWE's long-term plan for what is being considered, quote, the ultimate destination match has been revealed in a recent report. With the lead-up to the main event of WrestleMania 39, seeing Cody Rhodes wanting to, quote, finish the story, his loss to Roman Reigns came as something of a shock to many WWE fans. Triple H would go on to state that the story never finishes, and that certainly appears to be the case for Rhodes and Reigns when it comes to future plans. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, he does write the following. As far as long-term goes, Reigns versus Rhodes is the long-term direction for the ultimate destination match. WrestleMania is a strong possibility, but this far out, there are so many things that can happen. Now, there have been the rumors of does Roman drop the title at SummerSlam? Does Cody win money in the bank and cash in on, on Roman Reigns? Does he go and win Royal Rumble for a second year in a row and then get his big match and rematch at WrestleMania next year? We just don't know. But ultimately, it sounds like the end game for Roman is Cody beating him. Is him and Cody and Cody finally finishing the story. Now, when we talk about Roman... We know that at Night of Champions, he will not be defending the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship or the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. Yet, we did get some word on when he is expected to defend that title next, and it looks like twice this summer. The Tribal Chief is going to close in this, uh, this Saturday, tomorrow, on 1,000 days as becoming Universal Champion. He then eventually won the WWE title, merging them together last year at WrestleMania. After WWE booked Reigns in a tag team match at Night of Champions, some fans speculated that WWE might book him in some sort of a non-title match going forward to further pad this record yet, according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter. He states that the current plans right now are for Roman Reigns to defend the championship at both Money in the Bank in London and SummerSlam in Detroit. Meltzer also speculated that the Usos and Bobby Lashley could be top candidates for any of those matches, whether it's Jimmy, whether it's Jay, or whether it's, again, Bobby Lashley. There have been rumors that Roman and Solo could take on the Usos at SummerSlam, but if that's the case, title wouldn't be on the line. So if the title is supposed to be on the line at SummerSlam, then I don't think it would be a tag team match as far as um, the Usos... And then Roman and Solo on the other side. But speaking of all of this, as far as Money in the Bank does go, and Roman and all of that stuff, we do have a question here from the mailbag that got sent in from us in Saturday that reads, After United Champions is over with, is over with, who do you got winning the men, both, both men and women's Money in the Bank matches this year? Also, do you think there is a chance the Usos turn on Roman? And they do their own thing. We'll go to the second part. Yes, I do think eventually, maybe not the Usos turn on Roman, per se. But they finally realize, no, Roman's never been about family. Roman's never been about the bloodline. It's been about 
us protecting him, us padding his record, us getting him more and more and more days as the champion. And then they go off and do their own thing. I wouldn't say that's a turning on Roman thing because a turning on Roman thing would mean they backstab him or something. Mm, I wouldn't say they turn on him per se. I think that's the wrong terminology. As far as money in the bank does go, not really sure. I think maybe Cody, I've said for a while that I think maybe Cody could win the men's money in the bank. Woman's wide open. I have no clue because other than Bianca, Asuka, and Rhea, who are they really pushing in the women's division in WWE? Becky? Trish? I don't see either of them winning money in the bank. So, I just, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one for me right now. But I think Monday, things will start to get clearer when we learn who's qualified for money in the bank because we're going to have qualifying matches starting Monday on Raw. Now, before we get to Raw on Monday, we've got Night of Champions that we've talked a lot about today. Night of Champions will see the new World Heavyweight Championship uh, champion be crowned. One of the men in that match that is highly favored to win is Seth Rollins. We have a little news on Seth Rollins as there were some interesting reports coming out earlier this week that maybe WWE was hesitant on putting the title on him because of his outside stuff with WWE without that was not WWE related. Yet that doesn't seem to be the case. As Fightful to have a new update stating the following: Seth Rollins will be appearing in Captain America: New World Order, and it caused a stir online. Rollins is scheduled to compete for the World Heavyweight Championship at Saturday's Night of Champions show. And while we don't know who was scheduled to win, we can confirm he was actually considered to go into WrestleMania 39 as a champion before the decision was made to not split the titles. There were rumors going around online that Rollins' presence in the movie would cause some hesitation on WWE's part for putting him in a prominent championship spot or role, something that WWE higher-ups vehemently denied to Fightful. One even said, quote, I'm not sure who is going to win this weekend, but the idea that this is anything but a positive is an unrealistic way of thinking. I can't speak to how those in charge a year ago would have felt, but now it seems a positive, especially with Endeavor aboard. It also wasn't a surprise. Colby, Seth Rollins' real name, is an exceptional talent, and we expect these opportunities to come his way. We were made aware that the situation was happening, and he's already done filming. We had planned out the sit-down interviews to make up his absence, and it's full speed ahead. In the past, WWE had been very hit or miss promoting the outside projects of their stars, or even supporting them. We're told to expect more support in these situations moving forward. We do know that Liv Morgan and Charlotte Flair are supposed to be in a movie coming up against, uh, I want to say it's about Mildred Burke. That's supposed to start filming soon. We saw that they've been touting the uh, success of Fast X featuring John Cena and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 featuring Dave Bautista. They've been pushing that all this week as well. So, yeah. If WWE could say, hey, we made these guys stars to then launch their careers into movie, come to us. We can now help only make you big celebrities in wrestling, but movie stars as well. That's something WWE should be doing saying that they have such a big platform that you can use us as a jumping off point to get to movies like we've seen with The Rock, John Cena, Dave Bautista, and others who have appeared in different movies as well, whether that's a WWE film or something else. And Seth's going to be in Captain America New World Order. We don't know specifically what character he's playing, but he is part of the Serpent Society, which is supposed to be the over-encompassing main bad guy group in that movie. And I've had some people ask me, what is the Serpent Society? Why, you know, what, what is that that Seth could be doing and blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm going to read you a little bit of what that is. The Serpent Society is a business enterprise of criminals and mercenaries who costumed, whose costumed identities are based on snakes. The Society remains one of the best organized, most successful coalitions of criminals in operation today. The Society is the brainchild of Seth Volker, also known as Sidewinder, who was inspired by three previous uh, coalitions of snake-themed criminals, each named the Serpent Squad. 
So there we go. Basically, Sidewinder convinced Anaconda, Black Mamba, and Death Adder to join him and create the Serpent Society. Now, I don't know if Seth will be playing any of those characters. Because, um, like, where is it? Um, Death Adder is a female character, I want to say. No, Anaconda is a female character, but they could always switch that up. Black Mamba is also a female character. And then they do have the character of, of uh, Death Adder. But from what we've seen of Seth on set, he doesn't look anything like Death Adder would. Death Adder's got like a amphibious look to him, I guess you could say. But yeah. Seth Rollins doing good things inside of WWE. Come a long way from holding money in the bank back in 2015. Speaking of money in the bank, we got a couple names that are being rumored for the men's money in the bank ladder match, as this comes from a number of different sources. But four names have been put out on the interweb so far, as far as names and men who could be in this ladder match, and that is Logan Paul, Cody Rhodes, who almost won money in the bank a decade ago, Dominic Mysterio, and Gable, uh, Chad Gable. So those are four names that are being rumored right now being the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Money in the Bank does come to us on July 1st from London, London, England. Now as we move forward, we've got two more WWE stories to talk about. The first one has to do with Gable Steveson. As far as Gable Steveson saying that WWE has not approved him for the 2024 Olympics. Uh, while recently speaking with KSTB Sports, a WWE uh, signee stated that WWE has approved him comp to compete in amateur wrestling competitions and tournaments, but has yet to approve him entering the 2024 Olympics, as Steveson stated the following. WWE approved the fact that I can choose a couple of chase a couple of tournaments. I think time will tell the Olympic story. Who knows? Because it's a year away. But... I think we're in good stride to make that progression. Stevenson has been training at the WWE Performance Center since undergoing a, or hasn't, or ha, yeah, has been um, training at the WWE Performance Center since undergoing a heart procedure to treat Wolf Parkinson's White Syndrome back in September. Stevenson set off his training. I'm getting the hang of doing everything the correct way, landing right, match psychology, everything in between. I'm flourishing, and hopefully. They see it too. Stevenson last appeared on WWE programming back on December 9th on an episode of SmackDown in, in Pittsburgh where he was next to and with Kurt Angle. Uh, Gabe Stevenson also stated, quote, I'm excited because people haven't really seen the real Gable because amateur wrestling kind of shelves a portion because we're used to guys being disciplined. In amateur wrestling, you're not supposed to show any emotion. You're not supposed to show any charisma. You're not supposed to really show. I mean, he does the backflip and all that kind of stuff and whatnot. But you're not really supposed to show you. It's just, I'm a badass fighting machine. I go out there. I do my job. Hopefully, I win every time. So, yeah. As of right now, Gable Stevenson would like to do the Olympics next year. Try to win gold for two years in a row. Well, two sessions in a row. Two events in a row. But he's waiting on WWE to approve that. But he thinks... Gonna get approved. The last WWE story we do have for you today looks like WWE could be interested in one former MLW talent. WWE has actually shown interest in potentially signing one of the independent wrestling's top unsigned wrestlers. In the latest edition of the W of the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Dave Meltzer reported that WWE has actually talked internally about potentially signing Richard Holiday. It was confirmed last month that Holiday was no longer under contract with MLW. Last December, Holiday announced that he was battling stage four Hopkins lymphoma and was in the midst of undergoing chemotherapy treatment. He shared a positive update earlier this month, revealing that his cancer is in remission. He's also since returned to the ring. Meltzer added that WWE has also spoken internally about potentially signing Tamatonga, 
as well. But as far as Holiday does go, Meltzer wrote the following. I don't know if they will be signed, but there has been talks internally of late of WWE, from WWE about Richard Holiday because of the story of him beating cancer. So if that is the case, and they do sign him because of his story, that would be the second WWE superstar publicly we would know that had beaten cancer. Roman Reigns, of course, beat it twice. Richard Holiday beat it back in December. Well, earlier this year. So we'll have to wait and see. I think Richard Holiday would be a great pickup for WWE. I've said this in the past, that he is somebody that I think they can mold into something great, something good, somebody big. Put him in NXT. Give him the NXT championship. Push him to the moon, as Cameron Grimes would say. And then stick him on that main roster and see where, where he can flourish. Also interesting, they're still interested in Tamatonga. As we move forward, this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, we did see the AEW debut of the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Sabu. Sabu came out and assisted Adam Cole. Well, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong against the JAS. Some have asked, well, what's Sabu's status? He's too old to wrestle. He can't do anything in the ring. And well, according to Sabu, oh, yes, he can. One fan on Twitter tweeted, Sabu can't wrestle anymore because his back is too messed up. The last time he did, he really regretted it. He can do run-ins and throw chairs at people, but there's no way he can take big bumps anymore. Sabu will respond with, shit, if the price is right, don't count me out. There we go. If someone wants to put the bag in front of Sabu, if they want to drop that money sack, he'll go out there and have a match. Don't matter how he feels after. He's going to take that bag and run. Boom. There we go. But speaking of WWE, we've got some early numbers as far as ticket sales do go for the first edition of Collision. Remember, Collision just come to us on June 17th. They announced the United Center in Chicago. And yesterday, pre-order tickets did go on sale as Dave Meltzer wrote the following. They had 4,234 tickets out at the United Center in the pre-sale the next day, which is the next day after the announcement. Because it was such a short turnaround, a number that on paper sounds disappointing shouldn't be viewed as anything significant until after the on-sale goes on the 26th, which is today. So for one day, selling 4,000 tickets in the United Center is not bad, I would say, especially with not them telling us Punk's there, but knowing Punk's going to be there. Anyways, I think this weekend is going to be a good judge on how well tickets can go for Collision with CM Punk, but Meltzer also continued by writing. I don't know that anyone expected an instant sellout, like in 2021 for Punk's return, with the playbook of never mentioning his name, but with the word going around that he could be there. At least for the first day, they tried the, that playbook yet again. It wasn't going to be the reaction for the first time, of course, but we shouldn't wait until next week to judge what this all does mean. Basically, he's saying, give it time. Yes, it worked once before because we hadn't seen CM Punk on a single wrestling show for seven years. Now it's been like nine months, 10 months since we've seen CM Punk on a wrestling show. And granted, he would have been gone for these nine, 10 months, no matter what fight or not because he was dealing with an injury. He was dealing with a torn tricep. But with that, as we move forward, it looks like you know, you have collision in June. Then in July, WWE, no, is it July? When is Forbidden Door? Door is, it might be in June, actually. The end of June. You have, so the week after Collision debuts, we do have Forbidden Door. And according to Dave Meltzer, it looks like a number of AEW talent will not be able to work Forbidden Door. Meltzer writes the following. There is a list of AEW talent, which I believe would include Bendito, Finkingo, Roosh, Commander, Penta, Phoenix, Andrade, Drulistico, and probably others who aren't able to be allowed on Forbidden Door due to New Japan's strong ties with CMLL. The rules are different if you're a Mexican. 
So yeah, if you're AAA affiliated, they're probably not going to want you on Forbidden Door. If you work for AAA, AW is going to be like, no, thank you. And we saw that last year with a number of these Lucha Libre Mexican wrestlers not being on the show as well. So I just thought I'd bring that little quick hit for you guys before we move on to some other news. This one has to do with Mercedes Monet as New Japan Pro Wrestling released a statement on Monet's injury. New Japan Pro Wrestling has released a statement on Mercedes Monet's on Mercedes Monet. The former IWGP Women's Champion was injured at NJPW Resurgence on last Sunday during her match against Willow Nightingale in the finals of the Strong Women's Title Tournament. Monet fell from the top turnbuckle all the way to the floor and was unable to put any weight on her, I want to say, right foot after the match. It was believed that she suffered either a broken foot or a broken ankle, and today, no, yesterday, Thursday, New Japan released the following statement. During her match with Willow Nightingale in the main event of Resurgence on May 21st, Mercedes Monet sustained an injury to her right ankle. Monet underwent a thorough, uh, thorough appraisal of her injury immediately after the match and began treatment. New Japan Pro Wrestling joins fans in wishing Monet a full and fast recovery. So they went confirmed that it's a ankle injury. Didn't state that it's broken, maybe could be sprained, and not 100% sure, but did also not give didn't give a return timetable. Didn't give a return date. Didn't say she's going to be out for 3 months. Didn't say she's going to be out for 2 months. Didn't say she's going to be out for 6 weeks. None of that. Just we hope she returns with a full and fast recovery. So yeah. That's an interesting one for sure. Not given a timetable is interesting because Tony Khan yesterday spoke on the Double or Nothing media call in a way like he may have had a plan to bring in a Mercedes at one point. He spoke as if those two have had conversations. But now with the injury, might not be the case. But keeping in talks with, or about, you know, talking about Mercedes, we have a little more as far as her contract does go. Remember, Mercedes did renew and signed, well, not really renew, but extend her current deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Mercedes Monet is sticking around with New Japan after finding a lot of success in her short time there. Monet made her promotional debut in January at Wrestle Kingdom by confronting Kyrie only later to beat her for the IWGP Women's Championship. She would then go on to successfully defend the IWGP Women's Championship against Hazuki, Hazuki and Azim at a recent stardom event before losing the title on April 23rd to Mayu Iwatani. Monet agreed a, to a contract extension with New Japan and stardom hours before that match actually took place due to her previous deal expiring after the match. This past Sunday... Monet unfortunately suffered an injury in her match against Willow Nightingale and did not capture the Strong Woman's Championship. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Meltzer did write the following on her contract status. Monet had agreed to a longer-term deal with New Japan when the original date expired on 427. We were told that New Japan's Strong Championship and Bell were created when she agreed to the long-term deal and both were created for her. After she showed strong drawing power for the San Jose show. Um, which did sell out the Civic Auditorium. So yeah, New Japan saw Mercedes as a big draw in the United States and goes, how can we capitalize on this? How can we do something to show that she's going to be a mainstay for us for a little while? Oh, let's create a brand new belt and put it on her. Well, unfortunately, that didn't happen. They created a brand new belt, but she got hurt. And they couldn't put it on her. But yeah, she was supposed to win that belt. That belt was always going to be hers. And then she got hurt. Which is very, very, very unfortunate. But in keeping with New Japan news, the finals have been set for the best of the Super Juniors. I'm shocked. Shocked on who we got in the finals. Going to go on and say it. It's going to be Teton versus Master Owato in this year's finals for the best of the Super Juniors. The tournament semifinals took place Friday from Tokyo. Wato defeated Mike Bailey in the first semifinal on the card. 
In the later stages of the match, Watto kicked out of Bailey's ultimate weapon. Moments later, he was able to fight back with a series of kicks and hit his, I'm going to butcher this, Tezushikaku? Not even going to try that again. German suplex for the win. Honestly, I saw Mike Bailey going all the way. I thought Mike Bailey was going to win the damn thing. He had been on fire. Now, I hadn't seen every match, every night, everything, but I had seen a good number of matches and stuff from this tournament. And I'm going to tell you right now, the two best guys that I saw, and maybe it's just I missed some things, Leo Rush and Speedball Mike Bailey. Whoo boy. They were great. Um, the report goes on to continue stating Teton defeated El Desperado in the second semifinal. Both wrestlers were favoring an injured leg in the closing stages of the match. Teton was able to get through the ropes while locked into Desperado's numero dos. Desperado later tapped to the Lave Immoral, the Muda Lock, to send Teton to the finals. Both Watto and Teton finished second in their block, yet won the semifinals, because remember, in the, in, different than in the G1, it's not just who's the best, who's the best, and the blocks go. Now it's in, in best of Super Juniors, it's, okay, who are the best two, who are the best two, they'll fight it out, go. But both of these guys were not number one, but number two, which is interesting. Uh, this year's uh, tournament, what, what was it? Um, defeated the block winners in the semifinals. This year's tournament was the first since 2014 to include a semi-final round. This is Teton's fourth time entering the best of the Super Juniors. His previous best finish in the tournament uh, had been with eight points. This is also Master Watto's fourth best of the Super Juniors. He finished with eight points each of his previous years. The tournament finals will be taking place a Sunday from Ota City General Gymnasium. No other matches have been announced for the show, so let's talk about it. This coming weekend, a lot a lot of stuff. We do know that technically Sunday, but I think more like Saturday night here in the United States is the finals of the Super Junior. And as this report here on FRW Online does state, no other matches have so far been announced for that show. But as we look at what else is being, you know, done this weekend. Let's do it in order. Tonight, Impact Wrestling has a show, and that's Under Siege. As far as this Under Siege show does go, 10 matches have actually been announced. Two matches for the pre-show are Joe Hendry versus Dirty Dango for the Impact Digital Media Championship. Joe Hendry will be defending that belt. Also in a tag team match, the Coven, Taylor Wilde and Kylan King, will be, defend, uh, will be taking on the Death Dolls, Courtney Rush and Jessica. Then we go on with the Impact World Tag Titles on the line. ABC, Ace Austin and Tris Bay will be defending against Subculture, Mark Andrews, and Flash Morgan Webster. Nick Aldis will be going one-on-one with Kenny King. Trinity will be taking on Giselle, Giselle Shaw. In six-man tag team action, Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, and a partner to be named will be taking on The Design, Diener, Angels, and Khan. In a sixth way to determine the next number one contender for the Impact World Championship, it's Alex Shelley, Eddie Edwards, Frankie Kazarian, Jonathan Gresham, Moosh, and Yuya Uemura. In a match for the Impact uh, X Division Championship, Trey Miguel will be defending against Chris Sabin. In a last chance match for the Impact Knockouts World Championship, it's Deanna Perrazzo defending against Jordan Grace. If Grace loses, she can no longer challenge for the title as long as Perrazzo is the champion. And in a no-disqualification match for the Impact World Championship, Steve Macklin will be defending against PCO. So there we go. That is everything set for tonight's, remember, tonight's Impact Under Siege show. Then, tomorrow morning... Nine of champions for WWE. Seven matches have been announced for that show. First off, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. The SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Rhea Ripley will be defending against Natalia. With the Raw Women's Championship on the line, Bianca Belair will be defending against Asuka. For the Intercontinental Championship on the line, Gunta will be defending against Mustafa Ali. For the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships on the line, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will be defending against the Bloodlines Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Cody Rhodes will have a fight 
against Brock Lesnar. And finally, in the finals, to crown the inaugural new World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins will be taking on AJ Styles. And it has been confirmed that the lineage of the old big gold from 2002 to 2000 and I want to say 14 will be attached to this new belt. Then we've got NXT on Sunday. NXT has a battleground from Lowell, Massachusetts with six matches so far announced. With the NXT Tag Team Championships on the line, Gallus, Mark, Coffee and Wolfgang will be defending against the Creed brothers, Brutus Creed and Julius Creed. In a last man standing match, Ilya Dragunov will be taking on Jack. In a triple threat for the North American Championship, Wes Lee will be defending the title against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy. In a British Rounds Rules match with the NXT Heritage Cup on the line, Noam Dar will be defending against Dragon Lee. With the vacant NXT Women's Championship on the line, Lyra Valkyra will be taking on Tiffany Stratton. And finally, in the main event, the NXT Championship on the line, Carmelo Hayes will be defending against Braun Breaker. Then, we've got AEW Double or Nothing. That is also Sunday night. At the exact same time as NXT Battleground. And so far, 10 matches have been announced for Double or Nothing. First off, we do know with a six-man tag team championships on the line. Or the trios titles. The House of Black. And actually, this is a spoiler for tonight's Rampage. I'm going to say that right now. House of Black defending against the acclaimed and big, big daddy-ass Billy Gunn. That's a spoiler. That match gets set up tonight on Rampage. In an unsanctioned match with Sabu as a special guest enforcer, Adam Cole will be taking on Chris Jericho. Now, another spoiler technically for tonight's Rampage. Ethan Page and the Guns will not be taking on Matt Hardy and Brother Zay. Isaiah is injured and will be replaced by Hook. If the Hardys and Hook win, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. I hate this kind of shit in wrestling. I own your contract. You got to do what I say. No, Tony Khan owns y'all, you stupid sons of guns. With the TBS championship on the line, Jade Cargill will be defending against Tyra, Taya Valkyrie. In the anarchy in the arena, it's the BCC. Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta taking on the elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Hangman Page. Also, forewarning. So Moxley said it on Dynamite. You've been squeamish about the amount of blood you've seen in AEW before. That's going to be nothing compared to what you see this Sunday. Moxley said that everyone's going to be bleeding. They're going to be bloody. There's going to be so much goddamn blood in this match. God darn it. Jesus alive. Despite her injury with a women's championship on the line, Jamie Hayter will be defending against Tony Storm. In a 21-man Blackjack Battle Royal. And let me pull up because I don't have the exact list here. We do know all the competitors for this match. So give me two seconds to pull that up on the screen. So in this Blackjack Battle Royal for the International Championship, of course we know it's Orange Cassidy. But also in this match will be The Butcher, The Blade, Bandito, Commander, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Ari Davari. Tony Nice, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Kip Sabian, Phoenix, Pentagon, Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Keith Lee, and Dustin Rhodes. And boy, they bring in Jay White and just delegate him to the Jobber Squad. Just put him in the, yeah, we don't got really much of Big plans for you. And maybe they don't have anything yet, and this is just what he's doing for now. And they maybe they got big plans for him going forward. I don't know. But he's been so irrelevant in AEW. Why are we supposed to care about anything JY does? Just saying. With a TNT championship on the line in the ladder match, Wardlow will be defending against Christian Cage. With the AEW World Tag Team Championships on the line, with Mark Briscoe as a special guest referee, FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler will be defending against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And in the four-way, the Pillars four-way for the AEW World Championship, that does not really feel like a strong main event. It's MJF defending against Sammy Guevara, 
Darby Allen, and Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Now, I said earlier that the lineage of the WWE World Championship goes to 2014. Fonzie then corrected me and said 2013, and you are right. December 2013 is when they merged them titles together and Randy Orton beat John Cena. So I do stand corrected. It was December 2013. I was off a little bit. We're all wrong sometimes. With that, well, that is going to wrap everything up. I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Tonight is Friday Night Smackdown, the go-home show for Night of Champions. And so far... Let me see if WWE's announced anything new. Well, they're not going to announce anything new. It's a pre-taped show. The show was taped last week. Right now, they have on their preview, not giving any spoilers, on their preview... WWE has one, two, three, four things listed. First off, we do know there will be a KO show with Roman Reigns and Sol Sokoa. As far as action does go, the United States Championship will be on the line when Austin Theory defends against Sheamus. In tag team action, Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi will be taking on Damage Control's Bailey and EO Sky. And finally, AJ Styles will be going one-on-one with Karrion Cross. With that, guys, that is everything that I got for you on this edition of the Wrestling Wrap-Up. I do want to say thank you if you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, watching live or listening later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we will be back tonight for Friday Night SmackDown. Then tomorrow afternoon for WWE Night of Champions, then Sunday evening for AEW Double or Nothing. And don't fret, we'll still be talking Battleground for NXT. But that will be part of Monday morning's wrestling wrap-up. So my thoughts and slight review, maybe full review, not sure yet, will be on the wrestling wrap-up Monday. That's when we will talk Battleground and the finals of the Super Juniors. So with that, guys... I want to say thank you for joining me here. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Have a great Memorial Day weekend if you're doing anything fun. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.